I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kära Dabok, att hålla på med att försöka bli gravid är väldigt mycket att göra samma sak om och om igen. Antingen om man försöker hemma varje cykel eller om man gör IVFer på klinik. När man misslyckas inte få ett plus så får man börja om från början igen. Man har inte kommit ett enda steg närmare en graviditet. Och så håller det på sådär månad in och månad ut. Men en skillnad som jag själv aldrig fått uppleva är ju om man faktiskt plussar efter ett försök och får fira och bli glad och sen får ett missfall. Det måste vara helt fruktansvärt. Och välkomna avsnitt 84 av podden Javla barn Vi kör på med temat Back to Basics Och idag ska vi fokusera på bland annat just missfall Som min dagbok ju handlade om En sak som suttit i mig hela hösten Är vissa skillnader på hur min klinik i Sankt Petersburg Jämfört med andra ser på IVF-behandlingar Och livmodens del i om det blir en graviditet Alltså det finns något i att man både ska få till ett bra embryo Och att det Sen är en annan del av IVFen att få livmoden att ta emot och behålla embryot. Så jag tyckte att det var passande att bjuda in läkarna från min klinik för just detta fokus. Så idag är doktor Olga Seitsev och doktor Elena Lapina här. Vilket också blir att vi poddar på engelska. Olga har tidigare varit med i avsnitt 60, så om ni vill gå tillbaka och lyssna på det så är det alltså avsnitt 60. Vi finns alltid på info.javlabarn.com och det är verkligen ett tips att följa oss på Insta på Javlabarn. Där vi numera lägger ut olika frågor och tipsgrejer och sådär. Och ni får gärna också höra av er och berätta vad ni vill ha mer av på just Instagram. Jag ska också säga två saker innan vi börjar. Ett stort tack för all fin feedback om förra veckans terapiperspektiv. Vi hann ju inte alls svara på alla frågor som vi fått. Så det kommer ett nytt terapiavsnitt inom kort i december. Då jag fortsätter att svara på de frågorna vi fick in till förra veckan. Jag får mycket uppskattning för terapiavsnitten så det kommer nästa år att bli mer av dem. Och så ska jag säga framförallt till er ute i landet och som bor utomlands och inte har möjlighet att gå på de föreläsningar som jag har i storstan att det finns nu en unik möjlighet för er. Jag kommer hålla en online-föreläsning. Ni kan alltså gå på föreläsningen hemma framför datorn. Och så har ni ändå möjlighet att i realtid ställa frågor. Och sen gå tillbaka och se repris också så länge ni har löst en biljett till den här föreläsningen. Gå in på Javla Barns Insta. Där finns en länk i bion till den här föreläsningen som kommer äga rum den 12 december klockan sju. Och om det är många som är intresserade av det här och kommer vara med på den här föreläsningen så kommer jag få möjlighet att fortsätta göra det här under hela 2020. Så om ni är sugna på detta, visa gärna ert intresse genom att köpa en biljett till den här föreläsningen. Och hör gärna av er och berätta vad ni vill att jag ska ta upp. Det var det, så lång inledning. 
So, Olga and Elena. Hi. <laughs> How are Hello, you? Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, thank you both so much for staying in Stockholm to be guests in my podcast. And also, thank you so much for this lovely weekend we had. Thank you for inviting us, after all. <laughs> uh, we had a great uh, fertility weekend uh, here in Stockholm with a lot of uh, uh, good education for everyone logging for a child. For those who doesn't know you as well as I do, could you please tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you ended up working at this clinic, having this clinic? Who wants to start, Olga or Elena? I will introduce both of us. Okay. okay. <laughs> I am very proud of my colleague and co-partner, Elena, mm-hmm. who is actually a person, a doctor and a scientist who has created the first baby in Russia after ovarian tissue transplantation in a cancer patient, and the baby was born in 2014. You can imagine how wonderful surgeon Elena is by the fact that the same patient has got pregnant naturally after Elena had transplanted this tissue in this ovary and got the second baby. So I'm truly amazed with (laughs) Elena's skills and expertise and still can't believe she's running this clinic together with me. And Mm. I don't know still how I have deserved this, but I am in the seventh heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I think it was amazing help for the patients that Elena started taking over uh, the toughest cases where I was feeling that uh, my knowledge and my skills and my energy is already exhausted. Mm. And every time I was involving Elena into these treatments, we were getting positive results. So, of course, I had to drag her in my clinic and <laughs> that's what I did and that's where we are. Yeah. So, I think our patients have amazing opportunity to fulfill their wish to become mothers, even if uh, they were told uh, maybe for by several doctors somewhere else that they should abandon this wish so i truly truly trust that in elena's hand and also in doctors whom she builds up so this is possible yeah Elena, did you do your education in Germany as Olga or did you do it in Russia? No, I did it at Russia and I have a lot of uh, surgical uh, uh, education yeah. before and I start my uh, works like uh, surgeon mm-hmm. and uh, in several years I start thinking about uh, fertility treatment it was so interesting for me and uh, when I s- start uh, treatment fertility and uh, it was very nice okay so we have a lot of questions from the listeners but i would like you to first in general explain some ground things so what are the reasons of ivf failures and pregnancy losses Reason for miscarriage and uh, IVF failure can be divided uh, for different groups. First, it's embryonic factors, and then it's uh, maternal factors. And maternal factors include uh, several reasons. It's uh, hormonal changes and uh, in problem with the immune system and uh, maybe problem with the uterus and implantation places. Miscarriages and IVF failures, these are pregnancy losses. Yeah. And these pregnancy losses can happen at post-implantation stage, after positive ultrasound, and then everyone will know this was miscarriage. Yeah. 
this uh, pregnancy loss may happen between positive pregnancy tests but before opportunity of seeing embryo by ultrasound yeah and then everyone will know that was biochemical pregnancy yeah but also pregnancy loss may happen after conception but before it is possible to find hcg in blood yeah so no one will know yeah and this will be pregnancy loss but we will call it implantation failure or ivf failure failure yeah so basically the reasons which lead to this can be of course specific in both groups yeah some specific for ivf failures and some specific for clinical miscarriages but many many reasons are actually the same which just lead to pregnancy stopping at this stage when it's possible to define and in the stage when it is just you know black cat and black box yeah and this is what our lecture our lectures are about yeah because the same patient will experience sometimes ivf failure she's just not getting pregnant at, at least as she knows mm. or next ivf she is having miscarriage yeah but she has the same reason causing this it's just that in the second case it went so far that she knew but in the previous case it didn't go so far so she didn't know it is just important to know that uh, most of pregnancy losses happen before week 12 so more than 80% of all pregnancy losses happen before week 12 uh, of course there are some pregnancy losses after week 12 but this is within the area of occupation of obstetricians and we highly respect what they are doing efficiently and we are not going to this area mm -hmm. so what we are helping about is to prevent pregnancy loss before week 12 and to avoid implantation failure or pregnancy loss at pre-implantation stage yeah and the reasons the reasons are the same yeah one thing that I've noticed about your treatments is that you divide an IVF into uh, very many different steps why do you have it divided into different steps uh, because whether we are lucky or not we do not have patients who come to us for first IVF attempts or first uh, IUI so patients who come to us, they usually have had at least three IVF attempts in a public clinic locally and probably three more in private clinic locally. So most of, these pa most of patients who have done that sex attempts, they are pregnant and having babies happily. But those who are not, they are coming to us. And you can guess that these patients have more than one reason of why they are not having babies yet. They have more than one reason why have they, they have experienced implantation failures or pregnancy losses. To be able to fix each of these reasons, we need to split the process because we can't catch it all in one go. So talking about reasons of early pregnancy losses, such as implantation failures or clinical miscarriages, we talk about embryonic reasons and maternals. So basically, if we explain it in simple, we will split IVF process in three months. In the first month, we will focus on getting competent eggs with sufficient levels of energy, creating viable blastocysts, testing these blastocysts for 23 chromosomes, and preserving those which are normal for 23 chromosomes safely by vitrification in our lab. 
for a patient who have had three, six IVF attempts in the past and have had no embryos for usage or no positive pregnancy test, having cycle one as a separate cycle is also good for knowing whether all the further dances and songs in cycle two and three make sense because first you have to ensure you have viable embryo normal for 23 chromosomes available for future transfer. So let's say we have, then we are moving to cycle number two. In the cycle number two, the patient will receive imitation of good menstrual cycle with sufficient dosages of estrogen and sufficient dosages of progesterone to give some exercise to the uterus, so we call it training cycle, and during this cycle, endometrial receptivity, opportunity to recognize embryo, will grow. Is this always in the right directly after the retrieval <laughs> cycle, the training cycle, or could it be I, uh, with a month in between? Or Usually patients don't want to lose any single day. Because patients who come to us, they're in their late 30s, early 40s, and sadly after the age of 44, it's very difficult to find embryos with normal amount of chromosomes. Yeah. So we make this shortest possible schedule not to delay this patient any single day, and we always have time for this. Of course, if patient wants to make a break, it's always of the benefit for the patient. Yeah. But uh, uh, I explain this in the shortest way, which will be chosen by eight, nine out of ten patients. Yeah. There may be girls who want to freeze their blastocyst for the future. And this is what I tell them to do if they are in their late 30s or early 40s, because freezing unfertilized eggs is like freezing a black egg in a black box. You never know what will come out of this. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, here they just do cycle one. And then maybe after two months is cycle one again. So focusing on creating as many as possible yeah. viable embryos with normal amount of chromosomes. Mm. But if we are speaking about girls who want to be mothers as soon as possible, and mm. this is the dear wish of most of patients we are dealing with, mm. then we are moving to cycle two, which is this training hormonal cycle. And we can use this cycle two for some additional research if we feel that we are missing some pieces of the puzzle in the knowledge about this patient. Yeah. So what could that, for example, be? So here we can investigate maternal factors. Mm. Okay, we have ensured embryonic factor. Now let's look into maternal factor, even if embryonic factors play around 80% role for success and maternal 20, but 20 is a lot. So we are looking in this. So here Elena is coming on the stage with uh, research on the uterus and improving uterine environment. Uh, Elena is very famous for doing her unique hysteroscopy approach with opportunity to do small microsurgical measures improving implantation. Of course, we are also using ERA test. This is endometrial receptivity array, which helps us to define implantation window specifically for this particular patient. Because it can be different for different patients. Majority of patients have uh, implantation window on day six after beginning of progesterone supplementation, but uh, around 20-30% may have it earlier or later or very narrow after this hysteroscopy. A uh, patient will get 80% probability whether the next cycle, number three, is good for embryo transfer or whether we will need to prolong medication so that it will be some months later, for example. Okay, so maybe sometimes uh, the result of, of uh, a training cycle will lead to some kind of treatment that will take longer time. 
Exactly. Okay. Um, in the cycle number three, we will do embryo transfer. Mm. Uh, we will not do embryo transfer in natural cycle. We will prepare implantation window uh, specifically. Why? Uh, the, the aim of the hormonal treatment in the cycle three is to make sure that embryo is in the right spot in the right time. So because we all know that it's so important to be in the right place in the right time. So we prepare the place. I call it luxury place for VIP embryo because your embryo is VIP. Mm. So you have gone through so much to create this embryo. So it would be very sad if the place for implantation is not prepared the best possible way. Yeah. And we time this implantation day and hour based on the knowledge about this patient from era test but also based on the knowledge about your past history. Yeah. So embryo will be in the right time, in the right place. So we can't delegate this to natural cycle. But are there some patients that uh, you still recommend natural cycle for some reason? Uh, embryo transfer natural cycle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there is also another reason why I have started doing frozen embryo transfer a long time ago only in hormonally controlled cycle yeah. for patients coming from abroad. Yeah. Because uh, our patients can decide the day yeah. of their arrival it's and departure. Yeah. Mm. So we think that patients need to have comfortable time before and after embryo transfer after all they have experienced so we can fit in basically implantation window with mm. the help of hormones into the timing chosen by the patient based on her convenience and vacational schedule so that after embryo transfer coming home she can have a couple of days resting before going to work mm. with natural cycle it is very nice if patient leaves next door yeah so that she can come to screenings as necessary and also if ovulation happens earlier or later she can still come yeah. to the embryo transfer on the proper day yeah but and does and i don't know if you agree with what i say. absolutely agree with uh, olga so if we should uh, sort of sum up this you divide the ivf cycle into three different cycles the first cycle is called... The first cycle is stimulation cycle. Yeah, and the second is called training cycle. Right. Where we find out why the uterus maybe is not working so good with us. Mm -hmm. And the third is the implantation cycle. Exactly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Earlier when we were talking, you uh, talked about a perfect embryo with a perfect amount of chromosomes. How do you know that the embryo is good? I think uh, the word perfect or good is too good. Um, we can know that embryo has normal amount of chromosomes. That's what you said. Or we can know that embryo has abnormal amount of chromosomes. Chromosomes, these are the units in which uh, our genetic information is stored. Uh, chromosomes contain DNA and proteins, which pack it, basically. And humans have 23 chromosome pairs in all their cells. Also, embryo should have 23 chromosome pairs in its cells. Having one chromosome extra or less will, in most cases, lead to embryonic death. An abnormal amount of chromosomes in embryos is the most frequent reasons of why embryos don't implant, because they have just stopped before implantation, why there is no positive pregnancy test, even if embryo looked so good on day five, because embryo has stopped within two weeks before embryo transfer and positive, potential positive pregnancy test. Abnormal amount of chromosomes is also 70-80% responsible for all the miscarriages. Mm. It is just the bigger the problem, the more chromosomes or the bigger the chromosome represented in abnormal amount, the earlier nature will notice it and terminate this embryo. And of course, we sadly all know that there are such babies which have, for example, trisomy 21. So here, the pregnancy continues to live birth because the chromosome 21 is the smallest chromosome in uh, the, the human chromosome set. So basically, this may escape this uh, control. Um, so that's why I'm saying that uh, pregnancy loss at pre-implantation stage, pregnancy loss at positive test but without embryo found in the uterus or pregnancy loss when heartbeat is stopped before week 12. This all is the result of one process. Embryo having abnormal amount of chromosome which terminates it earlier or later. So how do you know that an embryo has the uh, normal amount of chromosomes? The method is called PGTA, pre-implantation genetic testing for neoploides. The historical name is PGS, pre-implantation genetic screening. Is there any difference or just... Uh, this is absolutely the same. It's just that screening is too big definition. Mm. But when we say testing for neoploides, then we say exactly what it is testing for, for mm. abnormal amount of chromosomes. Yeah. The principle of this method is excluding embryos with abnormal amount of chromosome from usage because it is embryo which will lead either to negative result or to miscarriage. So this method is based on check of cells from embryonic placenta picked up on day five. After these cells have been picked up, embryo is frozen immediately by vitrification so that this sample can be used for DNA extraction and DNA is multiplied and based on this chromosome amount can be counted. Yeah. So embryos are frozen separately so that we know that this is sample from this embryo and we can know exactly which embryo to saw when the amount of chromosomes being normal is confirmed. Yeah. 
And for information to the listeners, these kind of testings is not allowed in Sweden or in Denmark. Uh, so it's uh, a, a huge difference for uh, uh, patients' uh, possibility to do this testing, of course. Okay, so now I have a lot, a lot of questions from the listeners. We will have time to answer some of them. The first one is, how regular is it with miscarriages? And after how many miscarriages uh, should you seek help? Women who uh, have unprotected intercourse and stable relationship will have different types of pregnancy, including miscarriages. So this is quite normal. But we recommend to have consultation with the doctor even after one miscarriage. And the recommendation of the doctor in many cases will be No problem. This is uh, just uh, some coincidence. And so just uh, try again. But uh, this may be also another case which uh, will help a patient find out about the problem earlier in life when she is younger and this is solvable. Yeah. So our recommendation, if you have had one with care, just talk to the doctor to see where you, yeah, where you should go. Yeah. Maybe you won't like this question, but I will ask it anyway. Uh, what is it that you do in your clinic that the clinics in Nordic countries doesn't? I mean, you make women pregnant when they haven't been able to get pregnant after several attempts in Nordic countries. Nordic countries have amazing public system uh, of healthcare, including fertility treatments, and uh, this requires a good standardized approach which helps uh, probably eight, nine out of ten patients to become mothers. Patients who haven't succeeded within this standardized approach need something else. So they seek treatment somewhere else, they come to us, and each patient has individualized look into what's going on with her and why is she not pregnant and having a baby yet. So we have just a group of patients which all have many individual factors why they are not pregnant and having baby yet. And we have to pay attention to each of them and solve each of them. And that's why our IVF process, for example, is split in several steps. I've heard a lot about all this medication in Russia. Can that give you any kind of uh, permanent uh, damages? Our patients uh, come to us already at the point when eggs needs to be taken out or embryo has to be transferred in, for example, in case of egg donation. That means they are not using medication bought in Russia. They either get it prescribed by Swedish doctors or they order it from uh, European pharmacies in France or Holland. Okay, here's another question for from a patient. Uh, um, we have had two miscarriages in Sweden through IVS, IVF. Uh, what are the chances that we now succeed with PGS-tested embryos at your clinic? Some information is missing here. So if we could consult patient based on this short information <laughs> yeah. of amount of cycles and amount of miscarriages, we could have earned much more money because we could have consulted so many more patients. At the moment, my time invested for one new patient case consultation and uh, uh, making analysis, strategy and summary takes me three, four hours because 
it is just a lot of information which patients do have after having had two miscarriages and several IVF attempts. So we will ask this patient to fill in questionnaire and yeah. we'll ask additional questions and ask to provide journals. Mm. And uh, then we can estimate this prognosis. What would you say is the best tool to handle uh, repeated miscarriages and IVF failures without losing you know, the ability to carry on your life? How do you proceed? That's a very good question, I think. I think that uh, IVF in general is quite abnormal process for normal life. I think uh, whatever way you do it, in one go or in three cycles, it will have imp- impact on your daily life. So my suggestion is just go ahead and do it in the most efficient way so that you shorten time to pregnancy and that you still as less time from your normal life as you can. Next question is, a chemical pregnancy, what does that really mean? The patient then means uh, you get a positive HCG test and then sort almost straight away there's a bleeding. Biochemical pregnancy is one of these uh, cases of uh, early pregnancy loss. This is uh, pregnancy loss at post-implantation stage. Implantation has taken place. That's why we can find HCG in blood. But this is pregnancy loss before clinical pregnancy can be diagnosed by ultrasound. So this is one of those pregnancy losses which just happens pretty early. If you have a confirmed heartbeat on an ultrasound, how high is the risk of miscarriage? I think around 15%, maybe, because it's uh, uh, more often it's a uh, teal heartbeat will be visible. And if you do have a miscarriage, how quick can you move along? I mean, when can you do the next transfer? Uh, in one, two months, it's enough. So this is talking about pregnancy losses in the first trimester. It's first yeah, trimester, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And also, this is um, something that we explain to patients that if you have got pregnant after, let's say, the first embryo transfer, but pregnancy was sadly lost, so your chances at the next embryo transfer are higher than in control group because at least it is proven you can get pregnant mm. and uterus kind of will not forget how to do it again. Um, so, uh, not waiting long. If you do have a miscarriage, should you do uh, scraping or use psychotech or what should you do? It doesn't matter uh, what uh, kind of way we will use uh, for clear uterine cavity, but uh, the most important uh, control and uh, after this situation, we should be sure that everything is fine and uterine cavity is clear after that. Okay, we are now down to the final question. How do you prepare your body in the best way uh, when you are doing an IVF? So preparing body for pregnancy starts with preparing your body to produce competent eggs for viable embryos. And we start this process three months in advance, providing our patients with recommendations for supplements and lifestyle. Because these little eggs, which are going to ovulate in this particular cycle, are being picked up, 
they start their journey to maturation actually three cycles in advance. So we think that, yes, embryo is the boss and the most important uh, responsible person of this process, but this body should create competent eggs to create competent viable embryos. So we, of course, have to start this process early. Yeah. Elena and Olga, I'm so glad you came. Do you have any last words you want to say to the listeners? So we think that um, today, at least in Scandinavian countries, uh, women look very, very good after themselves. Training, having a healthy diet, looking after their body mass. So I think that women in their late 40s can be healthy enough to carry pregnancy and we think that they are stable enough in their social levels and incomes to be excellent mothers. So we would like to encourage women in Scandinavia not to give up on their wish to become mothers after the age of 40, which we hear today. So there are still at least 10 years to go. Just, yeah, just go. But Olga, how long can you use your own eggs? Sadly, eggs are best before shorter than the body and the uterus. We find normal eggs up to the age of 43. And the higher the age, the lower proportion of normal eggs. So, of course, when using own eggs, the earlier, the more chance and less attempts till live birth. But if patient has crossed her 44th birthday, we will recommend egg donation or embryo adoption. And here it doesn't matter if she is healthy, whether she is 44 or 48, because success rates of egg donation or embryo adoption depend on the age of the egg donor, not the age of the recipient. So that's why while saying we treat until 51st birthday, of course, we are using different methods applicable to different age groups. But what relates to opportunity of carrying pregnancy Many of Swedish women in late 40s are in much better shape than many others in their thirties all over the world. Där hörde ni, för vissa så var nog det här ett lite komplicerat avsnitt med mycket information att ta in. Men gå gärna in på Olga Fertility Clinics hemsida eller kom på ett av klinikens seminarier. Så kan ni upprepa alla de här sakerna och lära er mer. Jag tycker ändå att det här avsnittet passar bra i Back to Basic-temat. Eftersom Olga och Elena är så himla bra på att förklara en massa saker som man har nytta av att kunna i sin process. Thank you. Hej då! Bye!
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 